The Florida Panthers have been talking with some head coaching candidates since they have been eliminated from playoff contention. We will discuss who those candidates are, and we will be asking the question, are the Florida Panthers doing Andrew Brunette dirty? We're going to discuss that all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, June 20th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. who will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So now we're starting to get a little bit of clarity, trying to connect the dots when it comes to Bill Zito's line of thinking and where he's he might or might not go when it comes to the head coaching position of the Florida Panthers. So on Friday night, Frank Zaravelli of Daily Faceoff reported that the Florida Panthers have dis, um, have discussed with a few former coaches on and interviewed talking about their position the for the Panthers. Uh, and he listed the following names for the for, for the candidacy. And he listed Pete DeBoer, uh, who was a former uh, coach of the Florida Panthers, San Jose Sharks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Travis Green, who's had a stint with the Vancouver Canucks. Rick Tockett, who's had a few other stints with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Arizona Coyotes. Paul Maurice, who's been around for a really long time uh, with two, um, three different teams. And also uh, Barry Trotz, of course, the one that we've been uh, discussing uh, for weeks now on this show. And we're going to go a little bit one by one on what each candidate brings to the table and what their records are, where they and their resumes uh, when it comes to is it a right fit or or are they or do we think that the Florida Panthers are going to go into a different direction when it comes to it? And that was reported on Friday. Now we're here on Monday, and a few things have changed since Frank Cervelli's first report in relation to the Florida Panthers. I guess you could say open head coaching vacancy at, at this time. If they are, if they are indeed discussing with other candidates, so we're going to start with Pete DeBoer. And as of this morning, there have been other reports. Uh, Elliot Friedman last night did report that Pete DeBoer will be the next head coach of the Dallas Stars. But let's go over that this real quick, regardless, just in case that report. Uh, if it uh, holds up, but Pete DeBoer, uh, 513, uh, 513 wins, 
379 losses and 123 overtime losses. A playoff record of 46 and 40, 56 and 47, excuse me. Was the was the coach of the Florida Panthers from 2008 to 2011. He was not a Dale Talon hire, by the way. And did not did not make the playoffs during that stretch. That was in the middle of the Florida Panthers in their decade plus playoff drought. And though the lack of success in Florida, he has had success elsewhere with five conference final appearances, most of them uh, with, with Vegas uh, uh, and two conference final, Stanley Cup final appearances with the New Jersey Devils in 2012 and then the San Jose Sharks in 2016. And it's crazy because the Florida Panthers fired Pete DeBoer. The very next year, he beats the Florida Panthers in seven games in the first round. So it, for those uh, lifelong Panther fans who have been around since the 90s and even the late 2000, 2000s, uh, they, they got a, very, a big dose of pain at that time when Pete DeBoer came back to Florida and defeated the Panthers. But even if he were still on the open market, which uh, once again, he it's been reported that he is going to take the head coaching position for the Dallas Stars. As far as some of the bridges burned that he has had with players, specifically goalies, I'm not sure if the if it's the right idea to bring him back to the Florida Panthers. Though there isn't a connection between ownership now and the front office to Pete DeBoer, so it kind of makes sense why they're interviewing him. It's more like for fans like ourselves that we've had the Pete DeBoer experience here. I mean, me personally, I have not because uh, when I started following this team, it was when Kevin Deneen was the head coach of the Panthers. But as far as the fan experience for a good portion of this fan base, they, they don't want to have the Pete DeBoer experience again. But this front office and this ownership does not have any connection with what they were previously. Travis Green... Uh, a record of 123, 147, and 34. Only have had one head coaching stint at the NH NHL level. He did move up in the ranks uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Originally hired to coach the Utica Comets in 2013. Took them all the way to the Calder Cup final, but losing and then becoming the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks after that, a few years later. And of the head coaching candidates, of all of them listed... He is the least experienced of the bunch. So, and we've seen head coaches succeed in different places in their second stints versus their original first stints. So, Travis Green, there is an opportunity for him to succeed elsewhere. I mean, Vancouver, they have been in cap hell the last few years. They took on the contract of Oliver Ekman Larson as well. There's contract disputes between. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes just last offseason. So Vancouver is its own mess when it comes to salary cap and what they're going to do with their future. Of course, it's, it looked a little brighter when Bruce Boudreau came to the mix for the Canucks. And he, he he's there to stay. So looks like maybe Travis Green could be successful elsewhere if, if given the opportunity. So that, um, once again, 133, 147, and 34. Uh, Rick Tockett. A lot of you guys are familiar with Rick Tockett on the television uh, when during the first season of the NHL on TNT. So we've had a good opportunity to see the personality 
of Rick Tockett. But as far as the coaching, uh, a 178-260 record, 4-5 and five in the playoffs. Um, there had been a little bit of gambling, a, a gambling incident for Rick Tockett in the mid two thousands during his during his time. Um, was also the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning for a few seasons before replacing Barry Melrose, who is another media personality that we know uh, on ESPN as as well. And uh, he did win the Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins as an assistant coach. And usually when um, when a team wins multiple championships or multiple or reaches multiple championship appearances. Usually the assistant coaches uh, get more interviews and get opportunities to eventually become head coaches. I mean, there's rumors about Steve Eiserman uh, looking at the assistant coaches of the Tampa Bay lightning to bring on to the Detroit Red Wings. And it makes sense with Steve Eiserman having that Tampa connection, building that team before Julian Brisebois eventually finished a job for the, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning those back-to-back cups. So, and has had his opportunity with the Arizona Coyotes, even though they were an 11th seed a few years ago in the COVID season, the COVID shortened season, he, um, the Arizona Coyotes were able to win a round uh, there for, for the, for, uh, under Rick Tockett. Paul Maurice is the most experienced, is the second most experienced one of the bunch for, for of the head coaching candidates, 775, 681, 99 as far as ties because he did coach in the NHL before ties were eventually eliminated. So 99 ties and 130 overtime losses. So has been able to reach three conference finals, uh, one one with the new, new with the Carolina Hurricanes, and he spent not nine seasons with the Carolina Hurricanes in his first stint. And then returned back there for four more seasons. So Paul Maurice has been a guy who, whenever he gets hired somewhere, he's usually staying for a while there. And he's had a a stint with the Toronto Maple Leafs, only two seasons there, but first coached the Toronto Marlies for a little bit before eventually becoming the head coach there, but didn't last long there. That's really the only stint that he hasn't really lasted in, in the NHL on the head coaching level. And... So three conference final appearances and then one Stanley Cup final appearance and was the coach for when the Canes moved from Hartford to Carolina and then eventually replaced by Peter LaViolette. And Peter LaViolette was able to win the Stanley Cup for the Carolina Hurricanes as the head coach there. And it's funny, uh, Barry Trotz, who's another guy uh, that that the Florida Panthers have been interested in, the guy that we've been mentioning who's here, but... Every single report the last few days the in relation to Barry Trotz, Elliot Friedman doesn't buy the whole Barry Trotz to Florida. He's said it multiple times on 32 Thoughts. In the last two episodes, he's said it multiple times. Pierre LeBron had a piece on Barry Trotz as well, connecting him to Nashville. I mean, it makes sense because he spent 15, 15 years in Nashville. He was their first head coach. Didn't make a conference final during his time in Nashville at all, but still got them to multiple playoff appearances there. So it kind of makes sense why he would go back there, but it doesn't say any connection. So I'm kind of emotionally putting to bed the whole Barry Trotz to Florida. I'm, it's starting to look more doubtful there, but regular se- season record, 914 wins, 670 losses, 60 ties, and 168 overtime losses. Did, did eventually win the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, before leaving there due to his contract dispute uh, with the Capitals and then 
spending those four years in New York uh, with the Islanders before getting fired by Lou Lamorello. And it's funny because, again, another head coaching candidate that was that left Washington replaced by Peter Laviolette. So there's a little bit of Peter Laviolette connections in between Barry Trotz and Paul Maurice. Like I said, I, I've kind of put it to bed a little bit emotionally about P, um, about Barry Trotz coming to Florida. It's it's looking doubt, more doubtful every day when it comes to um, the possibility of one of the top winningest coaches of all time coming to this team who's ready to win now. So as far as if we're excluding Andrew Burnett out of this, of the candidates that I would choose of these that have been listed, I think that Paul Maurice is the guy that I would possibly give a try to to bring in for this Panthers team. Paul Maurice did resign just last season from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, who was eventually replaced by Dave Lowry, Florida Panther Dave Lowry, who led the Florida Panthers in points during their 90, 1996 postseason run. And the the fact that they have that that they would have that much experience, a guy who's won over 700 games in his time of being a coach and that experience factor bringing in there for this Panthers team it's it seemed like that if the uh, with the team knowing that the experience is there that they when it comes to listening to a coach of course they not saying that they don't listen to Andrew Burnett when it comes to someone who's kind of been there done that with with three conference final appearances and then one Stanley Cup final appearance as well I, I think that it would be a good situation for Paul Maurice to come to the Florida Panthers with how long he's been. And again, that's really because it, it lo it's looking more doubtful and doubtful each day that Barry Trotz is going to be the guy in Florida. So until there's something else that possibly connects Barry Trotz to Florida, I... It, it it doesn't seem that I'm going to be entertaining much of that possibility anymore for for that unfortunately because there's nothing that connects the dots to to the Panthers. In the next segment, we're going to discuss whether the Florida Panthers are doing right or wrong by Andrew Burnett when talking to all of these head coaching candidates. We're going to discuss that in the next segment. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live sports, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Monday, June 20th. So let's ask the question. Are the Florida Panthers do, doing Andrew Burnett dirty? With the recent report of all the candidates that the Florida Panthers are discussing for... I guess they're open position because if they're talking with people, it's it's an open position. And I've had this discussion with my fellow locked on hosts from 
all all parts of the country who kind of look at the Panthers from the outside looking in of of uh, those guys who don't watch this team every day like I do, but I I I I've been telling them due diligence. This is the options that you have at your disposal. And personally, I am team do whatever it takes to put this team in a best position to win. And again, Bill Zito doesn't didn't choose hasn't chosen his guy yet as far as head coach. And of course, the sample size for Andrew Burnett is small. And there are opportunities to learn that lesson for Andrew Burnett. But again, there is an opportunity there to make to right your wrongs there for Bruno. And let's go back to Elliot Freeman and what he spoke about on 32 Thoughts. Uh, well, I think he said on the Jeff Merrick show. Uh, it was Merrick and Friedman. I don't know. I just when you listen to multiple platforms, you, you forget which one you which one he said it on. So Merrick and Freeman spoke about the Panthers and are are they doing wrong by Andrew Burnett and what the plan could be for the Panthers and the plan could very well be that the Panthers could be looking at an experienced assistant coach in the case that things go wrong in the 2022-23 season. There's a few lines of thinking for this. There's one, the guy who's been there with this team throughout the ride and kept the status quo for this team. And then there's a second line of thinking where... If Bruno flops, you just insert the guy that that has been there, done that as well, through different teams in the past. But then there's also another line of thinking is like, if you want that person who's been there, done that around the league, why don't you just hire the guy that has been there, done that? So different ways to look at this. And it's not a bad plan, actually, for Bruno to be at the helm. Because my original pick was, my original prediction was, Bruno is going to get a chance to coach this team in 2022-23. The last few weeks have looked made that prediction a little doubtful. But then the recent reporting of Elliot Friedman has lowered that doubt when it comes to the Panthers and what they're doing at head coach. And I'm starting to think that it's an experienced coach becoming the assistant. And let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Like we spoke about with Jacob Winans, I believe it was last week or the week before this upcoming season is championship or bust. It is as businesslike as can be. It is win at all costs. It is, yeah, they got their taste of the President's Trophy, but that's not enough. Got to win now. Sure, there's not a lot of draft capital at their disposal, but the players who are stepping on the ice, the, 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 a good portion of this team is still going to remain. 
is let's not forget that. So when it comes to that, Bruno, if he remains as the coach, it's going to be a one-year tryout really for the Panthers. And again, if they flop, you bring in that other guy, the assistant coach that is going to take over. I don't think it's going to be a Dominic Descharmes situation where he gets fired midseason because, honestly, I don't forecast the Florida Panthers to flop as hard as the Montreal Canadiens did after making the Stanley Cup final just last season. But the pressure is going to be on for Andrew Burnett. Whatever, whatever situation happens next season... If he's the head coach, if they finish either second in division, third in division, first, President's Trophy, you name it, the expectation is going to be not only win around, but to get to the Stanley Cup final. And it's 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 also great to be in that position too. Let's let's be honest with ourselves, because we have the expectations. They also have the expectations. The, those, the, and it was the same thing this year. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do whatever it takes to get to where you want to be. And they fell short this year. Like the the second round sweep was as embarrassing as it gets for a Presidents Trophy winner. You, there, there seems to be a lot of meat left on the bone. For what the Panthers were trying to do, it's like it's like you're at an it's like you're at uh, eating doing all you can eat wings, and you only eat a portion of it. Everyone has that friend who you eat every single part of of the meat on your chicken wings, and then you have that one friend sitting across from you who says, "Oh, I'm full," and then there's like a lot of meat left. And then you look at them saying, that's all you're going to eat? The Panthers right now are that person. They're that team. The goal is to win 16. They won four. And it, it's, it's a disappointment for the Viola family. It's a disappointment for Matthew Caldwell and Bill Zito. And sure, if they decide not to bring Bruno back, Could it be kind of reactionary to what they did in the playoffs? Sure. But you got to see, also see it as a whole for what they did when he took over for Coach Q. And from the end of January on, the power play was fantastic. They were still able to win the President's Trophy without Aaron Eckblad towards the end of the season. And... They got the top spot in the in in the NHL. That's not something to that's not something to just ignore. Neither. I think, based on Freeman talking about an assistant with experience, I really am starting to believe that it could be very well heading in that direction for the Panthers, and that Bruno will get his chance. But, but, it'll once again be on a short leash. 
And I think it should, as it should, because this is his chance. He got a chance when he brought in what he was brought in. Well, not brought in. He was already on the staff, but promoted when this team was 7-0. What can you do in a full season's worth of, of that? Plus training camp, plus preseason games, plus an opportunity to have a say in the draft, even though there's lack of draft capital for this Panthers. You have an opportunity, if you're brought back, to have more of a say of this roster. Though Bill Zito does make the final decisions on who are the players are going to be, they have to fit in well with the coach. And there's got to be a little bit of relationship as well and who Bruno is going to get along with when it comes to bringing that top assistant as well, especially with Ulf Samuelson and Derek McKenzie being out the door. So this could be his chance to prove himself uh, for the Panthers. In the next segment, we're going to be discussing the what happened in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final and also preview tonight's Game 3 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to discuss that more in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener today. And we have a very important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. So I'm sure you Florida Panther fans really enjoyed uh, Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, with uh, the Avalanche just smoking the Tampa Bay Lightning by a final score of 7 to nothing. A touchdown, the, the Avs, uh, man. And with what they're doing with the amount of possession, the, the possession metrics for the Colorado Avalanche of what they're doing as well with just dominating possession. The Tampa Bay Lightning are having a really hard time exiting their zone. The penalty kill has been outstanding once again for the Colorado Avalanche, not allowing a power play goal. And, and of course, for Colorado, they are, they are dominating the special teams battle as well. They went two for four on the power play in game two and they also even got a shorthanded goal and for the the Colorado Avalanche it's funny because a lot of people were asking the questions about Kale McCarr and what's wrong with Kale McCarr after round one excuse me after game one and he shows up with a shorthanded goal and a power play goal for the Colorado Avalanche and a lot of people were thinking that there is a chance that uh, Valerie Nutruskin would be would kind of take over as the guy for the Conn Smythe trophy. But Kale McCarr, after those two goals, the shorthanded goal and the power play goal. And let's also not forget that this was when it was already 5 nothing when Kale McCarr got those t- two goals. And let's look at shot attempts, just shot attempts alone. 139 to 89 for the Colorado 
Colorado Avalanche. At, at one point in game two, it was 15 to 1 in shot attempts. So 139 to 89 in shot attempts, over 50, 50 more. And of course, the series doesn't really start until a team loses on their home ice. And there's still a chance for the Tampa Bay Lightning to still get back in this series. And it starts with them winning game three, of course. But there's also that question about should the should the Tampa Bay Lightning have pulled Vasilevsky after period two? And for the first few minutes heading into the intermission after period two, I was thinking, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, give him a little bit of rest and get ready for game three. But there's also something that Mark Messi and Chris Chelios on the ABC ESPN broadcast spoke about, about why you don't want to put pull Vasilevsky there. If you were to pull him there, the the Colorado Avalanche would be looking their chops. If you're on the YouTube, that's what I just uh, watching this. That's what I just did. I and there would be a big confidence factor. Of course, they're already confident in what they're doing, just flat out dominating this team. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are, for the first time in a, in a while, they're looking vulnerable. And Colorado right now has kind of has them where they want them, in a way. But of course, they haven't lost at home. They have the home ice advantage there. The But when Chelios and Marc Messier spoke about that, it kind of gave me a little bit of a better perspective on why it was a good idea to keep Vasilevsky there. That is your number one goaltender, the best goaltender in the NHL right now. It's, it's, maybe we could argue about, about Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. Up there is Jacob Markstrom, UC Soros, John Gibson, Igor Shosturkin. But Vasilevsky is still the best of the bunch. And the confidence that John Cooper as well has in his staff and his players, it it's just to show, hey, we're not going to back down. They're not going to back down. That's John Cooper's line of thinking there, if I had to guess. And you don't want to be in the Stanley Cup final waving the white flag to, to the opponent because it, it'll be a different mental aspect and going into game three. So I kind of got a little bit of a perspective there from Messier and Chelios when it, when it, when it came to the decision to not pull Vasilevsky, even though he gave up two goals in the final period to Kale McCarr. And again, they're figuring out how to score on him blocker side and Josh Manson, a, a deadline pickup for the Colorado Avalanche, let, leads the rush um, for the Avs and finds a way to score a goal, which was a, a not not pretty goal for for the for the Avs. But hey, they found a way to get it through. And Cogliano, Andrew Cogliano, uh, let uh, Josh Manson uh, get that break, lead the the charge. Uh, due to some of the looks like because of the injuries that Cogliano has dealt with in the last few weeks. And like I said, we talk about the time to win is now for the Panthers, but we about 
the Colorado Avalanche, when you kind of look at their cap friendly and thinking the amount of cap space that they have going into next season, but the amount of players that are going to be free agents as well, that a good, probably a good part of their roster is not going to be returning for, for them. Nazem Kadri is likely going to get paid. Darren Helm is a veteran who Darren Helm uh, scored as well for Stanley Cup champion. Darren Helm uh, scored as well. Uh, Nichuskin is likely going to get paid uh, as well, uh, along with uh, Borkowski maybe. Um, so there's a there's a chance for the Colorado Avalanche to have a completely different roster come next year as well. So this is a pure example of a team that's using their championship window now. They finally got their second round um, uh, demons out of the way, and they're taking advantage of it. And here, here they are, a 2-0 series lead on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Philip Grubauer, they, of course, with the money that they used to re-sign their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, the Philip Grubauer, a Vesna finalist last year, He's getting paid in Seattle, but it just goes to show that that this system that they have in front of Darcy Kemper, they're they're not allowing that many shots in front of Kemper. Of course, maybe there was a few soft goals in Game One uh, that Kemper gave up, but they found a way to protect their goalie as well. And Kemper is going to be a free agent uh, as well heading into this coming off season. So it's it's a good chance that they. They win a Stanley Cup with Darcy Kemper, and then they could just move very well move on from him as well, um, depending on what they see in their cap situation, because they have a lot, a lot of free agents um, um, coming up this summer. So they're taking advantage of their their window, and they're doing so. Something that the Panthers could very well look at and see. Hmm, this is how you build a championship roster, and of course, the speed factor of this team. They have so many speedsters uh, on this team, and the amount of players who could handle the puck well as well, they, they, this is just fun hockey to watch, regardless of who you're rooting for. Of course, we are not rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but just fun hockey to watch and just seeing how the the Colorado Avalanche are playing and just making the Tampa Bay Lightning look vulnerable. It It's just fun hockey to watch. And, of course, the... Avs crowds singing together, saying um, all the small things by Blink-182. It's just, it, it kind of sends a, a little shivers down your spine uh, just listening to it. And it's just been a fun Stanley Cup final to watch. That's going to wrap it for this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We discuss all the head coaching candidates for the Florida Panthers. Are they doing wrong by Andrew Burnett? And feel free to tweet at me or DM me of any sorts if you do agree with my opinions based on the head coaching candidates and of course let's we could also talk Stanley Cup final uh when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning so uh w- hopefully we're getting more clarity on the head coaching position late later in the week but hey this could be an announcement very well that could be announced after the cup final is over because we we're, we're starting to see some of the head coaching vacancies being filled with Peter DeBoer in Dallas, Bruce Cassidy in Vegas, and John Tortorella in Philly. So they're just, there's just a few spots left. Are the Panthers next? So we'll be discussing that later this week. Shall news be dropping? So in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe 
to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, don't forget to also listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.